All right. Well, we'd like to read tonight. You're sure welcome to do so. And so we'll be in Psalms 108, I believe. Psalms 108. We'll start there tonight. Psalms 108 for all who would like to read. All right. Set about five of us here. All right. So let's do nine. Nine verses. Start in chapter 108. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Awake, psaltery and harp. I myself will awake early. I will praise thee, O Lord, among the people. I will sing praises unto thee among the nations, for thy mercy is great above the heavens, and thy truth reacheth unto the clouds. Be thou exalted, O God, above the heavens, and thy glory above all the earth, that thy love may be delivered. Save with thy right hand and answer me. God has spoken in his holiness. I will rejoice. I will divide Shechem and meet out of valley of Succoth. Gilead is mine. Manasseh is mine. Ephraim also is the strength of mine head. Judah is my lawgiver. Moab is my washpot. Over Edom will I cast out my shoe. Over Philistia will I triumph. Thank you, sister. Who will bring me into this strong city? Who will lead me into Edom? Wilt not thou, O God, who hast cast us off? And wilt not thou, O God, go forth with our host? Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Hold not thy peace, O God of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They encompass me about also with words of hatred and fraught against me without a cause. For my love they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Thank you, brother. Who is this? Set thou a wicked man over him, and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned, and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few, and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless, and his wife a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath, and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him, neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his posterity be cut off, and in the generation following let their name be blotted out. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered with the Lord. And let not the sin of his mother be blotted out. Let them be before the Lord continually, 
that he may cut off the memory of them from the earth. Thank you, sister. <clears throat> because that he remembered not to show mercy, but persecuteth the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart, as he loved cursing, so let it come unto him, as he as he delighted not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing, like as with his garment, let it so come to into his bowels like water, and like oil into his bones. Let it be unto him as the garment which co covereth him, and for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually. Let this be the reward of mine adversaries from the Lord, and of them that speak evil against my soul. But do thou for me, O God, the Lord, for my name's sake, because thy mercy is good, deliver thou me. For I am poor and needy, and mine heart is wounded within me. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. I am gone like the shadow when it declineth. I am tossed up and down as a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh faileth of fatness. I became also a reproach unto them. When they looked upon me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Lord, my God. O save me according to thy mercy, that they may know that this is thy hand, that thou, Lord, hast done it. Let them curse, but bless thou when they arise. Let them be ashamed, but let thy servant rejoice. Let mine adversaries be clothed with shame, and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude, for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those that condemn his soul. Thank you, my brother. Right, if you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 3. And uh, we began this message last Wednesday. We'd like to finish it here tonight with the help of the Lord. We'll read verse 23 tonight for the sake of the word sin. So we're going to talk about what makes you a sinner. We talked about why you were a sinner a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now. We talked about how you became a sinner. And then last week we talked about what makes you a sinner. And we find out that answer is sin. And so we find that word right here in verse 23 of Romans chapter 3. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, our Lord, for the very privilege of being back into your house. Thank you for the Psalms of 108 and 109. Thank you for the public reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, today, God, because we got to hear that word. God, the Bible said we're blessed. And so we're praying tonight, Lord, that you take now the word of God and Teach us and guide us in how, Lord, we can understand about sin. What does the Bible say about sin? God, what makes us a sinner today is sin. And so, God, we need help to understand that. We need help to tell that. God, we need help to explain that. God, give us the ability tonight and the capabilities to, to be able to give to others, dear God, what you've given to us. Pray, Father, that you'd have your way in every heart and every soul. I ask that there's anybody... God, here today that doesn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God, I pray, Father, for the night is out before the day is gone, God, that they would turn to Jesus and receive him as Savior. 
Please, I beg you today, persuade them. God, I pray that the wind would blow upon their hearts. And God, that you draw them unto yourself so that they can be born again here tonight. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So what makes you a sinner? Well, we find that that is the word sin. And so in that tonight, we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about sin. And because that is what makes you a sinner is sin, uh, what does the Bible say? And we, we preached on this, and so we'll just go over it briefly in order that we can understand it. But we'll begin in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse uh, 4. Proverbs 21 and verse 4. We found that uh, this verse tells us concerning about what is sin. It says, "In high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. And so we see clearly tonight that when you explain to someone, when you're leading someone to Christ, uh, they need to know why or what makes them a sinner and what makes them a sinner is sin. So what does the Bible have to say about sin? It's important to know that it's not what your view is on sin. It's not your opinion of sin. It's not what you believe about sin. It's not what you think about sin. It's not, that's not what matters in the way of the soul of a man or a woman. But what does matter is what thus saith the Lord. And so we find, what does God's Word say about sin? Well, we found that the producer of sin is pride. And we found that with the, with the phrase, the plowing of wicked is sin. That word plowing there, it represents the path of sin. Where sin goes, where sin starts, and how sin goes, when you plow something, you make a path, and that's what pride does. It just makes a path of sin. I'll tell you something else that plowing does, it prepares. So the preparation of sin is pride, and pride preparates, uh, brings preparation to every other thing that's called sin is pride. And we know that the planning of sin is pride. And so when you're going to plow, you're going to plan, you're going to prepare, and you're going to build a path or make a path in the way of plowing. And that's what pride does. Pride is what brings forth, it's what carries on, it's what continues through, is sin. Uh, this morning, the, uh, this evening, the reason why that you sin is pride. The reason why you can't stop sinning is because of pride. And the reason why today that sin has dominion over you is pride. And the reason why today that you find yourself as a sinner is pride. Now we've learned that it came from Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14. I'm not going to read there tonight, but this pride is the gateway to all others. It was Satan that was uh, cast out of heaven because of pride. We found in Genesis chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, another pride, a gateway to sin, where we found Adam and Eve. What brought their fall was pride. Uh, they said that we can be as gods. And so as they looked upon uh, that fruit, uh, they looked to themselves and said, you know what, we'll just go ahead and disobey God. We'll go ahead and just disregard what God said, and uh, we'll take of that fruit. And uh, that was pride. So we found that Satan that was cast down from heaven uh, in Isaiah, uh, Isaiah 14 or Ezekiel 28, we find that their pride was the cause. 
We find that pride was in the garden, Adam and Eve. Then we found that it was pride with the Jews in Jeremiah 13, 1 through 11. It was another uh, reason or the reason why the Jews have rejected and disobeyed and was idolaters and were serving not God but serving other things is pride. It all boils down to pride. We even know today that the world, in John chapter 2, verses 15 through 17, it was the pride of life. That's the all that's in the world, right? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And so we can boil it down tonight to the what is producing of sin. Pride. Pride. In every incidence, it will happen with pride. Satan, Adam and Eve, the Jews, and the world. And so we find out of pride comes a product. We found that product in verse 4, high look. And high look is, means this tonight. It means that you're looking down on people. And so you see people that don't look like you. You see people who don't think like you. You see people who don't act like you. And you look down on them. That is, friend, a, that is called a high look, looking down upon them. They may be less fortunate. They may be rich. Uh, they may be famous. Uh, they may be someone tonight who is not famous, but you look down on them for some reason, for somehow. Uh, you just don't look at them as equal with you, but you look down on them. Uh, friend, that is a sin. That sin is called a high look. That high look is from pride. Number two, we, we see a proud heart. A proud heart is not looking down on people, but is looking up on you. You think you're better. You think you're more. You think you're all that. And uh, you think that you can do better. You think you are better. You think that, that what you say, what you do, and how you look is, is the best. And so you look on your, upon yourself and you look above and beyond. And so that's pride as well. So pride tonight would be considered to look at yourself and say, hey, you know what, I'm good, I'm the best, I'm the most beautiful, I'm the prettiest, I'm the smartest. Or you can look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm dumb, I'm stupid, I'm ugly, I'm, I'm just pathetic, I tell you what, I ain't worth the three cents. That's pride too. Did you know that? Let me say that again. Pride is not only saying how good and grand you are, but pride is saying how sorry and low down you are. Because, see, when you start talking about how low down and sorry you are, you get attention that way. You get people, oh, no, you're not. Now, don't talk about like that. You are better than that. You don't give yourself a chance. You kind, of, you kind of put a smile on your face. and You know, I guess you're right. See, pride is either putting down or lifting up. But no pride is mentioning you not at all. You're not in the equation. You're not part of anything. You're not part of what makes things good. You're not part of what makes things bad. It's not you that's important. It's not you that brings the emphasis. It's not you that is the circle of attention. It's not you that brings this, that, and the other. Uh, you're not involved and you're not important. See, that's, not, that's no pride there. We find uh, in this way of product, in this Bible, we find that a proud heart was found in Luke 16. And if you remember that story, wherever the younger son decided to leave his father and go into a country and take all of his father's, uh, what belonged to him, 
And sure enough, he went into a far country. He began to waste his money and all that his father gave him on harlots and other, other things. And he found himself uh, eating the husk of the, of the pigs there. And uh, he found himself having nothing. Nobody was given unto him. He came to the end of himself. He decided to go back to his father. He looked up and he saw his father there waiting upon him. And when he got back into the town, he got back into his father's house. There was a big banquet. There was a big fatted calf. And, and there was a ring and a robe. And, and man, it was, a, it was a big deal that day. The Bible even said that my son was lost, but now he's found. I mean, everybody was excited. Everybody was happy. Everybody was just having a great time. Man, it was a celebration at the father's house for a son come back home. But there was one there that wasn't so happy. That was the elder son. And that son there was one as an example we found as one who had a proud heart. We found that because of his pride, he had anger in verse 28. We found because of his pride, he had rebellion. I will not go to this feast. We find that he had resentment. He said, many years I served you, Father, and you didn't do anything like this for me. We find because of the pride, he found jealousy. You never gave me a kid. You never gave me a fatted calf. He found not only because of pride, malice. He said, thy son was come. He didn't say my brother. He didn't say my family. He said, thy son. So he disowned his brother because of what his brother did, which is just come home to the father. We find there was a malice there. We find bitterness. He said, hast killed for him. And so because of pride, we find anger and rebellion and resentment, jealousy, malice, and bitterness tonight. And that's what happens tonight in the producing of sin. The Bible says that a high look and a proud heart and the plowing of the wicked is sin. Number two, the Bible says that there's not only the the uh, very much of a producer of sin, but the plan of sin. Look at Proverbs 24 in verse 9. The thought of foolishness is sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. So you say, you're asking your question, yourself a question tonight. What is sin? Well, we talked about pride. We talked about a high look and a proud heart. But now we're talking about something different. We're talking about the thought of foolishness. Now, this sin here is unspoken. This sin here is unknown, and this sin is unheard. There will be nobody around you, nobody about you, that will even know anything about this sin. The only person who knows anything about this sin, the thought of foolishness, is you and God. And so tonight we have went through last week, we went to Matthew chapter 9 and Luke chapter 6 and Luke chapter 9 and Acts chapter 8. And what it means tonight is this, it means that within your thought process, you are devising a scheme. You're looking within your heart and your mind and you're thinking how you could bring hurt, how you can bring harm uh, to someone. Uh, it might be even somebody, some simply as this, as they come to you at work, they say something smart, and you say, well, you know what? I just want to give them a throat punch. Amen. You know, you say, hey, you know, there's no hurt in there. Well, there's some hurt in that. That's a thought of foolishness, amen? It may be something tonight where somebody has a car and somebody has something. You say, they don't deserve that. Now, you didn't say that, but you thought that. Well, that's sin. That's covetousness. 
You don't know who deserves what. Who do you to say that anyway? You say, well, you know, that, that individual there, husband or wife, you look at him and say, well, he don't deserve her. Well, that's sin. The thought of foolishness. Now, this right here is condemning tonight. I know. Because you don't have to do anything, say anything. You ain't got to become anything. All you got to do is think this. And the Bible says within your mind, the thought of foolishness is sin. Devising a scheme. You know, it brings a conviction upon our hearts tonight because many of us think that we have to do something, say something, be something in order to sin. But you ain't got to do any of that. You just got to think. The thought of foolishness. It's an imagining of an evil. Rob a bank. Have an adulterous affair. Lust upon a woman. Wanting to go get drunk. Wanting to do something that uh, is immoral unethical or illegal. Foolishness tonight. Silly, stupid, that's what that means. We find a plot of wrong or to deceive a person. You set somebody up. You say something, you do something in order for something else to take place. You, you go this way so that they'd go that way so they'd get caught. or they'd get, Just tonight the thought of foolishness is sin. And then here thirdly, tonight in James chapter 4, Turn there with me, and, and this is the last one we did last week, and so we'll go through here quickly. Then It's called a personal sin. A personal sin. We called it uh, out of James chapter 4 and verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Let's read that again. Therefore, to him, that's personal, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And I gave a silly illustration uh, last time. Sister Loretta was sitting over here, and she had some shoes on. You still got the same kind of shoes on? Okay, different shoes. And so anyway, we'll use her shoes again. And I just said that I look at Sister Loretta's shoes, and I say, you know, them are old-fashioned. You know, why in the world would you wear something like that to church? You know? And the Lord says, okay, well, I want you to buy her a new two pair of shoes then. If you think they're old-fashioned and you think that's ridiculous for her to wear them to church, then go buy her some new pair. And so uh, I, I don't do that. I just I don't do what God wants me to do. But I knew that was what God told me to do, and I didn't do it. Now, if you saw her shoes and, and you, thought, you thought maybe, you know, she probably could have done better than that. But God didn't lay on your heart to do anything good for her. Well, then that sin ain't to you. I mean, because you don't buy her a pair of shoes, you didn't sin. But because I didn't buy her a pair of shoes, I did. Because I knew to do good, and I didn't do it. And so to me, it's a personal sin, amen? I mean, it's not everybody, but to me. So you to know to do good, and you're the only one to know to do that. Like God may nudge you on Sunday morning and say, hey, give them $50. Hey, take them to dinner. Hey, call them. Hey, give them whatever. Say hello to them. Go by and shake their hands and tell them how great it is to see them. And you don't do that. God tells you to give a track. God tells you to tell somebody about Jesus, and you don't do it. Anything that God would say to you or you to know that to do good, and you don't do it, to you it is sin. And so tonight we find it's a personal sin. We see that this sin here tonight is, is again, very condemning. 
The judge of the sin is to him that knoweth. If you know to do good and you don't do it, you're the judge. And now you've judged your own self. The knowledge, the knowledge to do good. You have, you know God's speaking to you or you know that you are to do good and you don't do it. That's the knowledge that you have. You can't say, I didn't know. You can't say, I didn't learn that. You say, well, I didn't go to school for that. You can't say, well, you know my mom and daddy, they never did raise me like that. I mean, there's no way to get through this with an excuse or with an exemption in any way. And not thirdly, the action is do it not to him. It is a sin. It is evil. It is offense unto God. Amen? So what is sin tonight? Well, a sin tonight, you could say, would be this tonight. It would be a high look and a proud heart, and the plowing of the wicked is sin. The thought of foolishness tonight is sin. To know to do good to him and not to do it to him, it is sin. And so when you're showing somebody in the Bible, when they say to you, you know, what is sin? You could say, this is what sin is, Proverbs 21, 4. Proverbs 24, 9. James 5, 17. See, these are some scriptures that you and I need to know. So that we could, because we can say, I'll tell you what sin is. Sin is just uh, cussing. <laughs> okay. You, we got to get more in depth than that. What is sin? Well, sin is not going to church. All right, well, okay. I mean, tonight, if we're really going to show people the Word of God and how they're going to know that they're a sinner so they can be saved tonight, we've got to know where the Bible says where it says sin is. So tonight, it's going to take us a little bit of memorization. It's going to take us a little bit of knowledge. It's going to take us a little bit direction in order to know uh, how and where and when should we do this. All right, number four. This is where we, this is where we stopped there uh, last Wednesday. Turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 5 and look in verse 17. The practice of sin. So what is sin? The Bible says in verse 17, all unrighteousness is sin. All unrighteousness. Not some unrighteousness, but all unrighteousness is sin. So what is unrighteousness? Well, unrighteousness would be tonight... Things that do not conform to the Word of God. Things that do not conform to the Word of God. Whatever the Word of God says, and your behaviors and conducts and your responses and your activities and actions do not conform to the Word of God is unrighteous. So the Word of God is the standard. The Word of God is the base. The Word of God is the foundation. It's not the way you live. It's not how you feel you should live, and it's not the way that you think they ought to live. It ought to be, this is what unrighteousness is. It's the not conforming to the Word of God. And we got to know that tonight, that we are not the example. We are not the standard. We are not the pattern. We're not the farm. We're not the one as you're talking to a sinner and the sinner's looking upon us tonight. And as they look upon us, they're looking at us as if we are one who doesn't sin or we're one who is perfect or we are one who has got it all together and our ducks in a row. Friend, that's, that's false tonight. Every one of us is a hot mess. 
Every one of us in this room tonight have, have been frustrated and aggravated and, and to the place, Fred, where, where our faith has been challenged and, and our hopes and dreams seem to be dashed and it seems like we have to re-grip and re-get back with God and, and have repentance towards God in our attitude and our mind and the things we say and the things we respond and react to. There ain't nobody in this room perfect tonight. So when we're talking tonight, we got to know that what makes them understand what sin is, is they got to conform to the Word of God. And whatever the Word of God says, and if they do opposite of that or contrary to that, that is a sin tonight called unrighteousness. So conforming to the Word of God. Uh, the, not the word for righteousness means tonight as well uh, that we need to know is things that do not characterize the Son of God. Things that don't characterize the Son of God. Like somebody tonight uh, that would, would go forth and you say, what is a sin? What is unrighteousness? Unrighteousness is everything that Jesus wouldn't do or that Jesus, uh, or Jesus was said that he did do. Right? And so unrighteousness tonight would be something tonight as you compare them to Jesus. Jesus is the standard. Right? And either you become like Jesus, you do as Jesus, you speak as Jesus, you as Jesus tonight, or it's unrighteousness. Tonight, He is the one that's the standard for it all. And everything outside of Jesus is unrighteousness. That's how we can know what unrighteousness means. Everything that do not characterize the Son of God. Everything and all things that do not conform to the Word of God. And then thirdly tonight, the word unrighteousness would mean, in the way of just explaining it, it's things that do not confirm the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God does not confirm it, it's unrighteousness. If the Spirit of God doesn't bring a, a confirmation on it, the Spirit of God doesn't give the go for it, the Spirit of God does not uh, say that it is right, then it's unrighteousness. Three things tonight, and the reason why this is so important is because God tonight and the, and the Spirit of God and the Son of God tonight is righteousness. In Psalms 92, in verse 15, the Bible says this, To show that the Lord is upright, He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in Him. And so tonight, the reason why unrighteousness is so offensive to God is because God has no unrighteousness. And when you commit unrighteousness, it offends God. Because God is righteous. And that's why all unrighteousness is sin. Because it brings such an offense to God. Do you know tonight that you may say something or do something tonight and it may hurt somebody's feelings or it may upset someone, but ultimately like every sin or every unrighteousness tonight is offense to God. That's who you offend tonight. You might offend others, but know this, that sin offends God. And Fred, when you offend God tonight because of unrighteousness, because He's righteous, then you're going to stand in judgment. And so we see tonight that the, the, very, the very 
essence of God, the very truth of God, the very, the very uh, life of God is righteousness. And in Romans chapter 9 and verse 14 says, What shall we say then? Is, is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. And so the way of God and the truth of God is righteousness. And so we got to know tonight why, when somebody says, well, you know, who says that what I do and say is unrighteous? And we say the reason why that is so offensive and so, and it's so uh, hurtful and it's so damaging sin is because unrighteousness is what you are and God is righteous. That's why. We're not saying tonight, we're not going to have an argument whether smoking pot or smoking camel cigarettes or, or dipping those three things, are they sin? You know, we're not going to get in that discussion tonight. We could. Yeah. But the discussion is, is it righteous or unrighteous? Right. What's well, unrighteous? Well, then it offends God. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is. Right. And so tonight we find the way of God and the truth of God is righteous. And when you commit unrighteousness, it becomes sin. Thirdly, the life of God. The Bible says in John 7, 18, He that speaketh of him seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him the same is true, and no righteousness is in him. That word righteousness means no deception. It means no dishonesty. It means no injustice. It means no falsehood and unfairness. That's what it means tonight. None of that is in God. And that's why when you do something unrighteous, it's offensive and it's damaging. And the Bible calls it tonight an unrighteousness is sin. Notice what the Bible says about unrighteousness tonight. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 1 with me. Romans chapter 1. You say, well, unrighteousness tonight and all unrighteousness is sin. All evil tonight is sin. All things that are contrary to the Word of God, contrary to the Son of God, and contrary to the Spirit of God is sin. So we see in Romans chapter 1 verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. So God hates Hates it. His wrath is coming up against unrighteousness. You know that act that you did? You know that behavior you displayed? You know that attitude that you gave? You know that thing that you did? God hates it. He said the wrath of God's going to come against all unrighteousness of men. Not just some, all. And this is why it's sin tonight. God hates it. No matter if it's a lie, no matter if it's something you stole, not something you lusted after, not something that you've done in the way of harm others or anything else tonight that would be considered a sin, unrighteousness covers a whole realm of things. If it's not the thought of foolishness, if it's not to do good, to know to do good and not to do it, or if it's not a high look or a proud heart or a plowing of the wicked, it's, a, it's unrighteousness that you act or that you do. He says, I hate it. And because I hate it, the wrath of God is going to come upon it. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 29. He says, being filled with all unrighteousness. And then he goes in verse 32. Who knowing that the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. God judges it. 
You want to commit unrighteousness? God judges it. And God will bring wrath upon it. Unrighteousness. Very serious matter tonight. Romans chapter 2 and verse 8. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. That's unrighteousness. And what God is saying is this tonight. To them that are contentious is those who are unrighteous. And those that are unrighteous is those who do not obey the truth. And those who do not obey the truth, but they do obey unrighteousness. You do obey the unrighteousness that you do. The reason why tonight that you would act like a fool is because you'd have to obey the unrighteousness of being a fool. Why would you disobey or why would you steal or, or why would you lie or why would you be, uh, have bitterness in your heart? Why would you get angry and act like a nut? Why would you do those things? Because you're obeying righteousness. That's why. You're an, obeying the master of what's in you, which is sin, unrighteousness. So God it tonight judges it. But then God calls it out in verse 8. He says, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil. So he says, unrighteousness, you obey it. And because you obey it, there's going to be tribulation and anguish for you that do evil. So God calls it out tonight. You, you're not going to get away with unrighteousness. God will judge it and God will hate it and God will call it out. So if you're not saved tonight, you're a fool. Why are you playing with God? You're unrighteous every single day of your life. And God hates it. And God's judging it. And God's calling it out tonight. You're going to have more anguish and more tribulation. And friend, the evil that's going to come upon you because of that. It makes no sense tonight. We find here fourthly, look in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. He says, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. God rejects it. He said, why are you allowing your members of the instruments of unrighteousness unto sin? Why are you allowing your hands to touch what's sinful? Why are you allow your lips and why are you allow your ears and why are you allow your eyes? And why are you allow your feet to go to places you're not supposed to go to? Why are you allowing the instruments of unrighteousness unto sin? He said, I reject that. I want you to notice in, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And look at verse 14. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14. The Bible says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? God condemns it. He said, There is absolutely nothing that I have to do with unrighteousness. It's condemned. You cannot put me and unrighteousness together. I'm righteous. You're unrighteous because you do unrighteous deeds. We don't come together. I condemn it. Look at, look at chapter uh, 2 of Thessalonians. 
in chapter 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, with, and this is talking about after the rapture and, and uh, as, as the tribulation begins. This is that period and that time. He says, and with all deceitfulness of unrighteousness in them that perish. So what's in them that perish? Unrighteousness. All unrighteousness is sin. Tonight, if you're not saved and born again, you're full of unrighteousness and you will perish. What, is, what does death mean tonight? Well, death physically sense is that when you die, your soul is departed from the body. Separation. Well, spiritually sense, when you die without Jesus Christ, your, your soul is departed from the body, uh, but you'll find uh, that your soul will be departed into hell. Separated from God. Right? And so tonight, the perishing would mean you'll be separated from God. We also see in this verse 10, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. For this, for this cause, God did, shall send them strong delusion, that they might believe a lie, that they all, all, not just some, might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. What did they like living in? Sin. Those things that offended God. Those things that were good for the flesh, and those things that were good with the buddies, and those things that, that made you money, and those things that made you feel good. But God said, you know what? You're going to die, and you're going to perish because you had no love of the truth, because there was right unrighteousness in you, and you had the pleasure of all the sin you commit today. You enjoy it, and you're pleasurable. Unrighteousness tonight. God says, I'll resist that. Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter chapter 2. Talking about unrighteousness tonight. All unrighteousness is sin. 2 Peter chapter 2 and in verse 13. The Bible says, And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. So there's a reward coming for unrighteousness. As they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the, the way of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of righteousness. Tonight, righteousness is a sin. Unrighteousness is sin. It's sin tonight. God will reward it. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, we find that God names it. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9, the Bible says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The unrighteous shall not go to heaven. And you say, brother, what are you trying to do tonight? I'm telling you, in order for us to lead someone to Christ we got to tell them what the Bible says what sin is. 
And when they understand that they are unrighteous and all that they have unrighteous is sin and they cannot go to heaven in unrighteousness, there's going to be a call of God upon their lives to come to Jesus. Amen? And so we find tonight that unrighteousness is sin. There's no exceptions with God. Unrighteous is sin whether it's a little sin or whether it's a big sin. Whether it's a little white lie or whether it's a dark lie. Whether it's big or small, it don't matter. All unrighteous is sin and all unrighteous is sinners. So tonight we find that there is, according to the scriptural scripture, that all unrighteousness is sin. So the practice of sin. We see here fifthly tonight, Romans chapter 14 and verse 23. Romans 14 and verse 23. The plight of sin. The plight of sin. It says, And he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now this might bring some conviction upon our hearts as well. Tonight we find if you don't have the confidence to do it and do it, it's sin. If you don't have the confidence to do it and you do it, it is sin. Can we we gain that or can we gather that tonight? I'll give you a little example. If you see a woman or you see a man and, and you think that that might be the one for you and you think that might be the one that you'd like to marry and, and uh, live together and love each other and, and uh, cherish one another uh, and then you get to know them a little bit better and you get to go a little further in that relationship and there's just something about it that you just don't have that, that you know, you love them and you, you care for them and, uh, but there's just something that just don't connect. There's something that's just something Something ain't right, but you say, well, you know, that's just me. That's just this. That's just that. Uh, you really just don't have the faith to know that this one is really the one. But because you've been so far in it and you're so far along with it, you couldn't break his heart. Or you can't break her heart. So you go ahead and marry. Well, that's sin. Because if you had the faith, there would have been no, you'd have confidence in the whole realm. Right? It's like buying a home. You say, I love that home. I like that home. It's very good. It's the range I'm in. But by the time you get to sign, there's something in you that says, oh, I don't know. But we're so far, I know my wife would like it. It's your disappointer. I go ahead and get it. That's not faith. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. This is the one. I have no doubt. This is the house. I have no doubt. This is the car. This is the job. This is it. No matter what you're doing and what you're saying, I got confidence in it. And if you don't have confidence, friend, the Bible says it's sin. Isn't that something? The Bible also says, and and that same thought process, it says if you don't have the confidence and do it, it's sin. But if you don't have, if you're not persuaded, if you're not persuaded to do it and you do it, It is sin. The word faith means persuasion. 
I'm just not persuaded. If somebody comes to you and says, you need to get saved, and you say, I know I need to get saved, and they just keep on pushing pressure, putting pressure, putting pressure, and you come on and get saved or make a profession of faith, and you're really not persuaded, and you make the profession of faith, you get baptized, you come to the church, you won't be saved. It is sin. If you're not persuaded, you've got to be convinced. You've got to be confident. You have to have persuasion. The word also means if you don't believe it and do it, it's sin. If you just don't believe it. You ever heard somebody say this? I just don't believe that, God, but I'll go ahead and do it. That's sin. I just don't believe that's so, but if you say it's so, well, then we'll go ahead and just uh, make it happen. Fred, you, you better be careful with that. The Bible says, that without faith tonight, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. If you're not convicted and you do it, it is sin. If there's no conviction in your heart and you do it, it's sin. If there's no commitment, that word faith means commitment. If, there's no, if you're not committed and do it, it is sin. It is sin. You know, I'm, I'm, tonight, uh, faith will carry the, those five words. It'll be confidence, persuasion. It'll be belief. Uh, tonight, be commitment. Uh, it will be to you and I tonight in, in knowing that this word faith isn't just something mentally, but it's something tonight spiritually. Uh, it's a conviction that God put upon your heart. And listen, if there's no conviction and there's no commitment in you, there's no confidence in you, and there's no persuasion in you, you don't believe it tonight, and then don't do it. If you do do it, it's sin. It's sin. You know, for example, tonight, as the text is speaking of in chapter 14, if tonight, if, if you, and they'll say, let's say a food, let's say a pork. Say, tonight, you say, I don't eat pork. I don't eat pork. And so, somebody comes and offers you pork. And you say, well, you know, I don't, want to, I don't want to disappoint them. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Uh, then there's a problem with that. Or on the other end, if you know somebody that don't eat pork and you offer them pork, that's a problem. Right? So it works in both ways here, and that's sin. We put something, and something like maybe clothes. You know, to you... To you, wearing a pair of shorts is not a conviction. To you, eating pork is no problem. But the next guy, it could be. To you, wearing shorts, maybe to the beach or wearing shorts to the church or wearing shorts to work. I mean, you ain't got no trouble with that at all. And tonight, the next guy says, I got trouble with that, wearing shorts. Tonight, what you need to find yourself, if you have faith, to not wear shorts, and you do it, that's sin to you. But if somebody else who doesn't have conviction over that and does it, it's not sin to them. Does that make sense? So we can't just, everybody got to be a cookie cutter on this deal. How about activities like on Sunday? To some people, going to church only, you don't, you don't do anything else. You don't cut your grass. You don't go shopping. Uh, you don't uh, do housework. You don't, you don't do anything. You go to church. You go to worship. You stay home. You take a nap. You eat. You're with your family. You spend time with that. And they say that's the way that it ought to be. But somebody who don't have conviction over that or not persuaded of that or not convinced of that, 
tonight to them, it's not sin. But if it is to you and you do it or you do something else, then it's sin to you. Does that make sense tonight? We find uh, maybe like a places to go. Some people say, well, I'm not going to go to Willie's because Willie's is a honky-tonky type of deal, but they sure have some good onion rings. You say, well, so I say, well, I'm not going to go there because of that atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. And then tonight we say, okay, well, you know, them people right there, they, they got real problems. But hey, if there's no conviction in their heart tonight, and then, friend, I say to you, and it's conviction in your heart, and you go, then you sin. It's about faith tonight. Things you do, things that you have, things that you don't have. Uh, decisions about houses and cars and spouses, all those kind of things tonight, if you don't do it in faith, it is sin. And here lastly tonight, the pass of sin. Look at 3 John chapter 11. 3 John chapter 11. We don't get to see 3 John much. But here in 3 John Chapter 3, verse 11 says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. And so the path of sin tonight is seen here. And uh, don't follow evil. That's sin. He says that in that passage there. He says, Beloved, follow not that which is evil. That word follow means imitate. And that's when we really got some problems, like with Halloween. And you got your children act like witches. And you got your children acting like monsters. And you got your children acting like all these other characters that are evil. And you say, well, it's just Halloween. Well, the Bible says tonight not to follow that which is evil. What are you going to do about that? You know, tonight we find those musicals, the people who do the music, like maybe Beyonce, who's full of the devil, has got these devil signs and all that kind of stuff, and she comes forth, and you want to be Beyonce? You want to sing Beyonce songs? Man, you better read what the Bible has to say, amen? We're talking about falling not which is evil. I mean, you, you could say that, that other guy that was married to, uh, and what was, what's his name? I can't think of his name now. He was married to uh, one of those, one of those, uh, good night, one of those girls that uh, had the, had the, huh? There you go. Kanye West. He says from one side of his mouth that he loves God. And then he'll, then he'll sing a song that has a bunch of cuss words in it. And then he even says that he is the Messiah. I mean, something's wrong with that picture. Right. So we got to find a night that which is evil don't follow. Even if it's a football player, basketball player, a music, music star, a movie star tonight. You know, I'm just saying tonight there's so much out there that you and I to know what is sin. Sin is when you follow evil. You imitate it. You mimic. You take their songs and you sing their songs. You say their sayings in the I see people, Christian people who watch movies and they talk and they say, you remember old John Wayne said this? And you remember old this, that, and the other? And they just quote that whole thing right there. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that was so funny. Listen, friend, be careful tonight. Don't mimic evil. Do not follow evil. Do not model evil. 
So it's wild tonight to say, how come everybody's not mimicking Jesus? We mimic all these other people. We find don't follow evil, the path of sin. Number two, don't support evil. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Don't support evil. We've got to hurry now. Y'all done caused me to get behind right there. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. The Bible says, If any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. Don't support evil. Talking about this man here, we've got that time to go through it, but he was an evil man. The Bible says don't support him. Don't mingle with him. Don't have contact with him and don't accompany him. You say, that's Christian? Yeah, if it's evil, it's Christian. That's my best friend. I got saved. You can't go with him no more. That's my brother. Well, your brother's unsaved and does evil things. You can't hang out with brother no more. Amen. You say, I don't know if I like this. Too bad. What is sin tonight? Sin is when you follow evil. Sin is when you support evil. You cannot support it. You say, well, I have some, have some family members that are homosexuals or family members that are sodomites or family members that, that are same-sex or family members this, that, and the other tonight. How can I handle it? Don't follow. Don't support. Amen. Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Don't enjoy evil. Romans chapter 1, verse 32. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only to do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. That word, having pleasure to those that do the, all of those other 32 items that are spoken above that tonight, that means to think well of, to assent to, to be gratified with, and to approve of it. Any of those things tonight that are above verse 32, and you can start there in verse 29, and you and I tonight are told in the Scripture that if those who do those things are worthy of death, but those people who have pleasure in them that do that also is worthy of death. So tonight, what is sin? Well, sin tonight is you don't follow evil. You don't support evil, and you don't enjoy evil. It's not pleasurable. You can't watch it on TV on an illicit sex or adulterous affair or fornication of two people who, who are not married and they're kissing and they're making out and you're watching it and you're enjoying it. You got a barroom scene. You won't touch a drop of alcohol, but you'll allow that bar scene to come into your house. And you'll allow that drinking and cussing and killing and violence to come into your living room and you say it's okay. You'll allow them to blaspheme God, use God's name in vain, and you say it's okay. You even pay for it. 
I'm just saying tonight, God help us. What is sin? Well, this is the path of sin. He says, don't. Now, what is the response tonight? Well, turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 4. What should we do with sin tonight? Proverbs chapter 4, verse 14. The Bible says, Enter not into the path of the wicked. Go not in the way of evil men. Avoid it, pass not by it, turn from it, and pass away. That's what it says to do with sin. That's what it says to do with transgression. It's just not talking about that. It's talking about evil men and evil women. We find, look in Romans chapter 1, or chapter 12 and verse 9. What do we do with sin? Romans chapter 12 and verse 9. That's not the verse. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Do you know what? We're not to wear shirts that have evil on it. Right? Wear hats, wear clothing. Go to places, be around folks. That's talking about alcohol and drugs and, and all these unsaved singers and all these unsaved uh, movie makers and all these unsaved people out here that might be owners or might be this, that, and other. Listen, friend, if they're not born again and living for God, friend, there are appearance of evil. Amen. You know, I would say this, I would say this, and this probably, you probably don't agree with this, but listen, one of the reasons why I don't wear anything Trump, because Trump is a heathen. Trump don't know God. And Trump tonight is of evil. And so if I say something or wear something with Trump, they'll say I'm associated with him. And the Bible says I have to, I have to make sure that I'm not associated with evil. Amen. So you say, well, how about Biden? You can't get no worse than him. I mean, I'm just saying tonight, we, we, we want to flaunt around our favorite singers and our favorite movie actors and our favorite football players and our favorite basketball players, and we want to go around acting as if these heroes of ours is something that we can, we can condone. Beer, I, I've seen people with, with marijuana, uh, you know, marijuana on their shirts and just all this kind of stuff and it's appearance of evil. When you go into restaurants, when you go into places, when you do this, be careful of the appearance of evil. Abstain. Abstain. Lastly, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 19. The Bible says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his, and let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. If you're going to name the name of Christ, depart 
from iniquity. Why are we sinners? Because of sin. And that's sin. Oh, God help. This shows us two things tonight. It shows us if you're not saved tonight, you need to get saved. And it shows us tonight that if we are saved, we need the blood of the Lamb every day. We need God. Saved or unsaved, we need help and forgiveness of God. Because we find ourselves all through these. God help us tonight. Let's stand to our feet, our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed. If you need to come tonight and say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to put this sin behind me. I'm ready to say no to sin and yes to Jesus. I'm ready to get out of my unrighteousness and get into his righteousness. I'm ready tonight to get my sins forgiven and Jesus to dwell in my heart tonight. Anybody like that? How about a Christian tonight said, you know, I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but boy, I tell you, I got a lot of things to work on. I think all five of those things that we're branching up tonight, I, I, I do them from time to time. I need forgiveness tonight. I need a from God. I need to be purged tonight. Won't you come to the blood tonight? Won't you come to Christ tonight? Just get forgiven. He says, if I confess my sin, that he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. God, cleanse me tonight. God, I want to be pure before you tonight. I'm saved. Yes, and I sin. But tonight I want to get clean. I want to get clear with God. Anybody else tonight? Just lay out before the Lord. God, I, I want to get right with you. I, I don't want sin in my life. I don't want sin in my eyes, my ears, my mouth. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to feel it. I don't want to step upon it. Lord, I don't want to think of it. I don't want to imagine it. Lord, I, I hate sin. I don't want it, Lord. If you're a sinner, you can be saved. If you're already saved tonight, you can walk with God in cleansing. His power of His blood can do that. Would you come? Would you come tonight? A few have come, would you? It's time to get cleaned up, cleared up. Make it all right with God. There's nothing wrong with that tonight. There's nothing wrong with just being clean and being spotless with God. That's a good thing. God, heal. We beg you. We plead with you, Lord. Oh, God, give us help tonight. Oh, as your people are praying, sinners are thinking. Sinners tonight are considering Christ. I pray the Spirit of God tonight, Lord, would, would blow. Blow in that heart. Blow that way. That the wind of the Spirit of God would move upon everyone. And God, they'll move accordingly. Oh, draw them unto you, Lord. Oh, may the Spirit of God bring conviction of sin and righteousness and judgment. God, may you bring conviction upon our hearts tonight of our very own sins. The things that we spoke of tonight, dear God, I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I failed you. 
God, I've just fallen on my face. I've sinned against God. I, I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Oh, cleanse my heart. God, work in our church tonight. Help us, I pray. Help us, I pray. God, do work. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for showing us what sin is. Thank you, Lord, why we're saved, how we got saved, and why we're saved, why we're sinners. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Continue to pray. Seek the Lord tonight. Pray for each other. Pray for those that are not here. Pray for those that may come on Sunday. Pray for yourself. Just pray. Just pray tonight. There's power in prayer. There's power in prayer tonight. You pray. Oh, God. Oh, Lord. God, search our hearts and find any wicked way within us. Draw us to you. Each step I take, my Savior goes before me, and with His loving hand He leads the way. And with each breath I whisper, I adore Thee. Oh, what joy to walk with Him each day. Each step I take, I know that He will Eternal is in his hand. He holds the key.
Just leads me closer home.